following podcast may contain horse language. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Flixmax. I am one of your co-hosts, Scott. And I am the other co-host, Terry. And what is this podcast, Terry? This is the pod that rocks your bod. That is correct. This is the podcast to end all podcasts. And this is also uh, just a podcast. Oh, okay. So it covers all grounds then. Covers all the grounds. Okay. So uh, for today's episode, we will be reviewing the 1989 comedy UHF starring Weird Al Yankovic. Please, Scott, if you're going to introduce this film, it's the 1989 comedy classic Ah. UHF. Okay. I, I apologize. I I didn't want to speak for everybody because maybe not everybody would see this as a classic. Well, I got to tell you, I probably haven't watched this movie in its entirety since I was like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually quite enjoyed it mm-hmm. as an adult. Yeah. Um, there's just enough like tongue-in-cheek humor like ridiculous over-the-top performances mm-hmm. um, to, you know, um, like as a teenager in 1989, this movie would have been hilarious. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, I could see, oh, this is stupid, but yeah. I didn't think so. I thought no. it was good. No, I had a fairly thin plot line, you know, something that's done often where, somebody needs money for some reason to buy something from the evil people. And then they do something to raise money. It's a common, it's a common plot line, but then it's just filled in between with, you know, wacky commercials and wacky TV shows. And yeah, yeah, it's a weird Al type stuff. Yeah. Everything's a parody of something. Yes. And what's weird is when I watch this movie, it's like weird Al was like only 30 years old when he made this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So he looked, I don't know, it's weird to say that he looked young because he's always looked that age to me because that's the way I've seen him. But uh, yeah, like he's, I was like only 30 years old. Like he was just still a kid. Yep. So basically, Weird Al is George Newman. Mm-hmm. And he's essentially like a dreamer. Um, yeah. Very creative mind, but. His, he has a pretty crappy work ethic. Yeah. <laughs> so and he's constantly in and out of jobs, menial jobs, cooking, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Yes. And uh, so it just so happens that his uncle um, owns a radio or a, te- he, sorry, a te- television station. You know, he won it in a poker game. Oh, yes. Yes. So, um, and he happens to mentioned to the aunt that I need somebody to run this place. 
and she says, oh, George would be great. He's very creative, blah, blah, blah. So George takes over this TV station with a cast of oddball characters and Mm -hmm. turns it around. So it becomes a big threat to the number one network affiliate. uh, The network affiliate. I don't even know where this takes place. Does it even say? I I know they said it was filmed in Tucson. So I don't know if that's where it was supposed to take place or not. But I don't think they ever mentioned where it is. No, I don't think so. Um, But anyways, so um, what is it? U58? The 62. U62, right. Yeah. Uh, The station becomes a big threat to the network affiliate. So, of course, the greedy network owner decides to purchase the upstart U62. Mm. Yes. And uh, so then the the staff at U62 decide to save the station by doing Mm. a telethon. That's yes. uh, that's the gist of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we meet all sorts of wild characters in this. Some of the TV shows are literally like, I was laughing out loud while I was watching this. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. It, uh, I guess we should start, yeah, about, talk about some of the people who are in it. Um, the movie was directed and co-written by a guy named Jay Levy who was responsible for directing quite a few of Weird Al's uh, videos, like Fat and Eat It and Like a Surgeon. And he's been Weird Al's manager since, like, 81. Wow. And, of course, and Victoria Jackson is in it, of course, uh-huh. most known from SNL. Pretty much just a thankless role. She really had nothing to do with it. She was just kind of the pissed off girlfriend and then the supportive girlfriend, the pissed off girlfriend and supportive girlfriend. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. But you pretty, you get what you get with Victoria Jackson. Like she plays the same character and yeah. And then of course, Michael Richards is in this, uh, just before Seinfeld, like, or actually the Seinfeld pilot actually aired like two, three weeks before this movie premiered. But the pilot of Seinfeld, he was actually known Kessler instead yeah. of Kramer. And uh, so, yeah, so that was... And then the next episode of Seinfeld didn't air for like another six, seven months or something like that. I got to tell you, Michael Richards is funny in this movie. Oh, like, he is. Like, it's he changes his voice and has these weird buck teeth in it. But all of his mannerisms are all very Kramer-ish. He's, he's basically plays like a like a mentally handicapped Kramer in this movie. Like yes. he's he's yes. so good. Like I think he's probably the best part of the movie to be honest. Yeah. And then the main villain is played by an actor named Kevin McCarthy who's was pretty much made his whole career playing this type of character. Um like in Inner Space and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. In the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers and he was in the Howling and the original Piranha movie as well. Um, Anthony Geary is in this, who plays Filio. Philo. Philo. <laughs> and he he was famous in the 80s for a big, was one of the hottest soap opera couples who's one half of the Luke and Laura on General Hospital. And That's he, right. 
he was very famous on that. Then, of course, uh, Getty, Getty Watanabe, who plays uh, <laughs> what, what is Kakuni, of course, is most famous from the uh, not racist at all uh, name of a long duck, long dong, duck dong, yep, from 16 Candles. So, yeah, and he's also the ho- inside the movie UHF, he's also the host of a game show. Entitled yeah. Wheel of Fish. Wheel of Fish, yes. We will, we will get to that because there's many different things to pick apart. So, yeah. So this movie opens with probably like a five, ten minute oh, parody. And Fran Drescher's in it, too. Yes, Fran Drescher's a bit part as a, a secretary turned uh, news reporter. Yes. Um, yeah, so the movie opens with like a five, ten minute parody of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Which is so funny. Like Yeah. There's so many things I noticed that like make no sense at all. But yeah, there I like, started. I was going to say I was starting to listen to the commentary, and there's the part that you know, it almost shot for shot copies the guy pulling out his gun while Indy's looking into the river, <laughs> and he's going to be pulling out a map, and then he turns around with his whip, but instead of pulling the gun out of the guy's hand, he just rips the guy's arm right off. And on the commentary, Weird Al points out, look. I ripped the guy's left arm off. And then you see the arm land on the ground. Look, it's the right arm. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how the, the spoof on how he, he's going to steal the idol and the idol turns out to be an Oscar. An Oscar. Yes. <laughs> and so he pulls out the bag of sand or whatever. And he's, he's, it's all dramatic. Way. He like, yep. he like takes out some sand, dumps it out. And then he just decides to just drop the bag of sand and pull the Oscar off yeah, of the off like of the, the, the table. Pedestal. Yeah, he's like, uh, the hell with this or whatever. But, but what I don't understand is when he removes the idol off of the the stone pedestal. Yeah. Um, it's like the top the the top sinks down. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it? If you take the weight off of it, wouldn't it pop up? You think so, but that's what it didn't. That's what it did in Raiders too, though. It sunk down because it didn't have the same weight, so it doesn't make sense for Raiders either. But yeah, it totally defies gravity. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I, and he, when he, know, when he was, I never noticed that in Raiders yeah. before. And when he was staring at the idol, like to figure out its weight and all that, he was doing the exact same like, kind of way he's rubbing his chin and yeah. face, exactly <laughs> like Harrison Ford was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that whole parody was pretty good. And like him is escaping from the giant boulder but it's all just green screen and he's like yes. running across different sceneries and stuff like yeah. just so funny yeah and then that ends up being him in a daydream at his burger flipping job yeah so this introduces us to how george is just a dreamer and he he doesn't want to do menial jobs mm-hmm. he's incapable of doing menial jobs yeah, he wants something more out of his life, but yeah, he just so, doesn't. He essentially falls into this position as um, uh, manager of this TV station. Yeah, but before that, well, after he gets fired, he's at his girlfriend's house, and then for no reason at all, <laughs> oh, there's yeah. there's the parody of or the or the reference to Close Encounters when he's playing with the mashed potatoes. Right, so I did I did not remember that scene. Yeah. But as soon as he 
he he's like, oh, mashed potatoes, my favorite. And he took the whole pot over to the table. Yeah. I knew it was coming. Like, yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah, and when when it, I don't know why it's so funny, but when when he's he's at the party of at his aunt and uncle or whatever they're having the big get together, the dog, and I don't, yeah, and he's feeding the dog <laughs> the, from the punch bowl from the ladle, and then they call him over, and then he just throws the dog into the punch bowl. I don't know why, but I thought that was just really funny. And you see the dog, and it's all stained red because yeah. of the, the punch all over. His. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah. So like yeah, the the uncle wins it in the poker the station, the poker game, and he was just going to get rid of it anyways. And so then yeah, so he just gets the station, and they show up at the station, and it's completely dilapidated and kind of yeah. run down. But one guy still lives yeah. in there. Philo is like the, still in. the mad scientist. Yeah engineer of everything in there and uh, it looks more like a science lab than it does like a tv studio yeah it's like like beekman's world or something like that yeah <laughs> um but one thing that happens and it's probably my least favorite thing in the movie but i don't like it in most movies is one of my least favorite overused sight gag is when somebody gets electrocuted and then their hair all stands up yeah i hate that i'm so tired of that <laughs> of course that happens in this movie but he needed to see if those cables could withstand 75,000, or no, yeah, 75,000 volts, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that, but yeah. Mm, I work in the wire and cable industry. Mm, the cables are a little bigger than that. That would be able to withstand that? Yeah. Yeah. And so while you're there, I think it's, they're seeing, but a commercial airs show you what kind of stuff that air on there and it's one of those crazy car commercials where the guy's like come on down to whatever crazy ernie's or whatever and stuff like that and he's like if nobody comes down and buys a car for me in the next hour i'm gonna club this baby seal and it's a full-grown seal it's a full-grown <laughs> seal and like what if this commercial players plays when they're not open Right, the, nobody can come down there and buy buy a car at that time. So that means he's got so many seals that he's going to be clubbing. Oh man, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, so then that's when he goes to meet the competition, and that's where we first meet Michael Richards, who's about to get fired and losing possession of his prize mop because that's the mop he was given when he was eight years old. So it means a whole lot to him. Yeah, this is also where we discover how much of an asshole R.J. Fletcher is. Yeah, yeah, R.J. Fletcher, the owner of the network television station, the competition. Yeah. He's just a shitty human being. Yeah. So he fires he fires the janitor for no good reason. Well, because he thinks he, lo he lost the report, but it was on the guy's chair the whole time, and he was sitting on it and didn't realize it. So, And... Uh, so Weird Al uh, sees this happen and takes pity on the janitor and says, oh, I'll give you a job at, at the station. Yeah. And uh, so they go on and turns out it's the best thing he ever did because the, the janitor's name is Stan, what is it? Stanley. Stanley Sp Spadowski. Yeah, Stanley Spadowski. And, and, yeah, uh, and, and George's <laughs> show of... Uh, Uncle Nutsy, 
is a failure. <laughs> not so. Yeah. Yeah, not so. <laughs> yeah. And so he asked, you know, Stanley to take over the show. The one part that was funny during the the uncle the uncle Nutsy whatever show is when that kid does the spit take on him and the kid just starts laughing. Like I'm like, is that was that kid breaking or was that part of the script? Because he looked like he really enjoyed spitting on Weird Al. Because it was a that was a huge gob that he spat right in his face. <laughs> yeah, and so then yeah, you see how he he starts slow, like he has kind of that uh, the guest that comes on the wood the woodcrafter, the comedian Emo Phillips is there, and he's like the uh, shop worker and cuts off his thumb. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, boy, he's like, is my face red? <laughs> and then they show all the ads for. Uh, Bachelor City. <laughs> Spatula City's amazing. <laughs> and then, I think it's like, holy, like, how many different spatulas can you have? Do you really need a whole store of spatulas? And then in the ad, it's like, come to one of our seven locations. I'm like, yeah. wow. Bar mitzvah spatulas. <laughs> yes. And then they have the um, Plots Are Us mortuary service. And yep. they're talking about all the other shoddy funeral services. And they're walking through the graveyard and like body parts are sticking out of the ground because they've been <laughs> so improperly good. buried. Yeah. And I don't know. The one scene where Weird Al is standing by like the programming board. Oh, yeah. Yep. Did you like read some of the programs I, around that thing? I Beastie, Bestiality. Um, yeah, it was a bestiality. No, bestiality today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I paused today. and wrote, wrote all that stuff down. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's some good ones in there. Like there was um, something one, about tractor pulls. Yeah. Wide world of tractor pulls. Leave it to Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful world of phlegm. That was a two-hour time slot. Yeah. My three mutants. Uh, beat the lone shark. Name that stain. Uh, the young and the dyslexic. Uh, eye on toxic waste. Uh, dog racing in Rio de Janeiro. The lice. Is, the lice is right. That's disgusting. Buddha knows best. The flying pope. Druids on parade. Uh, bingo for teen, bing, underwater bingo for teens. <laughs> yeah, and fun with dirt. And they have one on there that was obviously meant to be a joke, but I'm sure it's a real thing now. One called Traffic Court. I'm sure there's a reality Traffic Court show now. There has to be. And then there's one that here that I got some of this from the trivia, but there's one on called the. Uh, volcano worshippers hour <laughs> yeah yeah and i was reading in the trip in, in the trivia that that was a real club that weird al started in his high school because he just wanted his picture in the yearbook again because he wanted to have it in there as many times so he started that club so he'd get an additional <laughs> picture in the, in the yearbook See, that's funny stuff yeah <laughs> yeah of course all that is preceded by you know you see what what other stuff because that's that's when they start really rolling and you haven't seen other shows and right. They have the, the wheel of fish show the where wheel of fish, where there was someone can win his or her weight in fish. But and, if you lose the host yeah. calls you stupid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Philo has his own, or Philo has his own show called secrets of the universe. Secrets and, of the universe. Yeah. And then what about uh, Raul's Wild Kingdom? I love that. 
it's so like, good. Like turtles are nature's suction cups. And then, <laughs> then the George farm. George's partner there, his buddy. Yeah. Um Bob. D- yeah, David Bo. Yeah. He uh he says, Where did you find this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I laughed at that. Yeah. Oh yeah, then he had the ant farm where he's talking about how the ants, how long it takes them to dig tunnels. And Look then at how starts, mad they are. And they start shaking it like an etch a sketch. Yeah. <laughs> and then on uh, the rest of the episode, we're gonna teach poodles how to fly. <laughs> It just shows him throwing two or three dogs out the window. And then it shows the outside view. There's just a pile of poodles outside of <laughs> his window. Oh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, so then at that point, then Stanley's show is kicking off and becoming huge. And it shows one of the shows in halfway through. And there, people are searching for a marble in a pool of oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kid wins and his prize is to get to drink from the fire hose. Yeah. yeah. Uh that's good stuff. Or what about Gandhi 2? Gandhi 2. The guy who played Gandhi was the director of the movie. Oh really? So, yes. Okay. Yeah, that was that was fun. Or Conan the Librarian. Conan the Librarian. He just yeah. cut that's like the worst CGI effect I've ever seen ever. Well, I don't even think it was CGI. I think they just used some sort of like paper mache thing and just fucking split it open because the kid had an overdue book. Don't don't you know about the Dewey Decimal System? (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. Well, by this time, the station's basically number one now. Yes, somehow. So so RJ Fletcher over at, uh, what is it, Channel 8? Channel eight, yeah. He he comes up with a plan to, um, well buy the buy this the buy uncle. the station from the uncle because just, the uncle has a huge gambling debt. Yeah, who just happens to find out he has a huge gambling debt right before RJ calls him. So, yeah. So the plan is is that oh I'm gonna buy this station and then I'm just gonna turn it into a parking lot, which makes no sense. If it's the number one station, why wouldn't you want to? keep it open and you know profit it's, off of that it's not his he didn't make it so yeah it's like uh, it's like the vince mcmahon syndrome like yes. buy, buy your competition and then just close her down yeah and and then so they want to figure out what rj's doing so they install a spy camera into his office which is not inconspicuous at all like there's a huge <laughs> camera lens coming at that ceiling for him not to notice <laughs> that yeah but he's so wrapped up in like uh his own greed. Yes. That... And so yeah, so that's so he's going to be buying the station back. And so the uncle's gonna be going to the airport to fly to meet RJ to be able to get the paperwork done. But then the aunt finds out what he's doing and she's pissed off. Oh, she's and so, fucking mad. Yeah. So then she tells the uncle at least, you know give George the chance to buy the studio. So then that's when the whole telethon comes in, which they make it as not for donations that you're actually buying shares in the radio station. So if you pay money, then you become part owner of the station, which yeah. then, which then makes me realize why it's public, it's public TV then, but why doesn't RJ just buy the shares or donate all the money 
and and then the, he would ha just own the station. I don't understand because why. that would totally put a giant hole in the plot. Yes. <laughs> so then, yeah. So then, the telephone's going on, and then Stanley is kidnapped by who he thinks are pizza delivery guys. Um, but they're just RJ's thugs, and and so then when George goes to rescue Stanley, that's when the whole Rambo parody. So good. Yeah. You think that was a foam latex suit on top? No, of, that's. Did uh, you think he got that ripped? Yeah, Weird Al's obviously sh shredded. Yes. And so then, yeah, there's you got the guy with the machine gun shooting at him forever, like from like three feet apart, and he takes one of his <laughs> bow and arrows, like explosive bow. And and you arrows. can obviously tell that like Weird Al's never shot a. Oh yeah, he looks so he looks so uncomfortable like when he was doing that. Like he had like he had no arm strength to even pull it that hard. Yeah. And so then he blows up. But then after he blows that guy up, after there's so much shooting and everything else, and he's blowing everybody up, one guy reaches for a gun to go shoot him. And it's the same guy he blew up with the arrow. <laughs> yeah, it's the same dude wearing like He's wearing like a, it looks like almost like a Vietnamese army suit with the red star and stuff, but he's a white guy. Yes. Like it's so. <laughs> and then when he goes to save, uh, what's his name out of the, the, the jail cell, Stanley. Mm -hmm. It's just some like. Like a little, la like, gate like a little, like a little wooden dog house. Yeah. With a gate latch that he could have easily opened himself and just kind of yes. left, but. Like, yeah, but again, that's all in his imagination. Yeah, so then he gets to the guys, but then Cooney and his karate troop come in and they beat up save everybody. The day, yep. And they save the day. So, and one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when um, everybody in the TV station they they like shout, oh, they're back, and they all run outside. Yeah. And here they come pulling up into the parking lot in like a Jeep, all victorious with like yeah. bikers. And it's like so uplifting. Yes. There's what was I can't remember where it was, but it was towards the end. And he was have like George is having an exchange with RJ. And for no reason, he starts doing the rad ram. And I'm like, yeah. what, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Oh, man. I don't or that, know. Or that uh, Philo ends up being an alien named Zarkon. And he's See, like, I like that. I like yeah. that. He's like, my work here is done. And then he just walks away, and they all think he's crazy. And then he just, you know, evaporates away. And Turns like, into an alien, flicks yeah. his tongue a couple times, and vanishes. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, so then yeah, they they raise the money, and uh, they save they save the day. They save and, the day, and it just so happens that RJ is delinquent on renewing his FCC license, yeah. and so and so the guy from the FCC happens to show up at the same time. Says, "Oh, we're not going to let you renew your license. You're canceled. So now yeah. that station is gone. So UHF will remain to be number one." So he couldn't buy one station, and he loses yes. his station in the end. So yes, don't be an asshole, kids. It's like the old uh, fable of 
the dog looking at the reflection of the water when he has a bone in his mouth and he sees the he thinks there's another bone in the water so he opens his mouth to grab that bone and he drops his bone into the water wow. so now he so now he has no bones you're like confucius yes <laughs> so yeah. oh and in the meantime um victoria jackson terry mm-hmm tells Weird Al about halfway through the movie, oh, I don't want to see you anymore, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and this whole time he keeps trying to court her. And yeah. Kind of- <laughs> that, that one um, answering machine message that he leaves her. <laughs> yeah. And it because it's my name, I'm just like, I am going to steal this audio. Yeah. <laughs> put it in this podcast. <laughs> <Terry>. <laughs> so basically in typical like 80s cheesy fashion he like she comes home from the grocery store one day or whatever comes in the apartment and it's just full of like balloons balloons and flowers and neon uh, signs a neon sign saying like terry and george and forever Yeah. yeah and uh it totally works. So like she behind the scenes goes to try and talk to RJ Fletcher to, yeah. you know, be, you should, don't be an asshole to George. He's a good yeah. guy. Give him a chance, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they get back together and they're all in love. And then for some reason it cuts to like a hardcore penetrative sex scene. I don't know why it kind of threw me. Um, you have a director's cut or something? I must. Cause uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was watching. So basically, the last scene is like a parody of Gone with the Wind, is it? Or Casablanca? I, I've probably Gone with the Wind, yeah. 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 Um, tomorrow is another day or whatever, yeah. So George is still the the boss at U62. Unless, unless the people who are now the new owners decide to fire him. Who knows? That's true. Yeah. Oh, and, and just so I know, there's, there's a part in... And Stanley, not this really has any big plot point, but in during Stanley Spakowski's clubhouse, where he's giving whipped cream to a guy in the audience, or he's feeding whipped cream directly into the guy's <laughs> yeah. mouth. Yeah. That guy, that guy was Dr. Demento. Was it? Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. Of course, of course, it's the guy who got Weird Al his start. So. so, and there's a reoccurring character in this movie who shows up in about four or five scenes. Oh, is that the bum or the hobo? Named Vance Kolig Jr. Okay. And he, he's the bum. Yeah. And this is the most wild-eyed, crazy-looking human being I have ever seen in my life. Yes. Like when he first comes up, it's actually a really good gag when he first comes up asking for change and he <laughs> yeah. gives him change and then he counts out a dollar and then gives George back the Oh, here's a dollar. Yeah. Like, just, oh, that, that was good. Like he needed it for a vending machine or something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he kind of saves the day. He saves the whole movie, basically. Yeah. Cause, uh, because RJ. He sh- yeah, he only shows up in a few scenes. And one of them, he's outside of Channel 8 begging for change. Yeah. So RJ, being a, yeah. a salacious prick, gives him a gives penny. him one penny, which turns out to be like some the, double one penny. of the yeah one of the rarest. Apparently, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's one of the rarest coins in you know U.S. history or whatever. Yeah. So this bum becomes rich. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, 
yeah, at the end of the movie, he shows up again and he buys $2,000 worth of shares, which pushes them over the edge. Yeah. They have enough money to buy the station from the uncle. Or, yeah, or to pay off the bookie. Yeah. And or so that's to save the uncle, which means, yeah, the uncle will give them the station or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Vance Colvig Jr. as the bum is probably my favorite character in the whole thing. And of course, Billy Barty is in this movie as well. Yeah. Legend, legendary little person actor, Billy Barty. Plays Rest the in ca- peace. Plays the cameraman. Yep. So every, everything he shoots is from a low angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, overall, I enjoy this movie. Um, yeah. Of course, there's a lot of stupid parts, but even the stupid parts are funny. Yeah. Like Weird Al knows how to write a parody. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Yes. Yeah, no, it was enjoyable. I I enjoyed it when it first came out. I think I almost enjoy it more now than I did back when I first saw it. Because I yeah. get maybe get the references more and you know I whatnot, or because because I'm oh, I'm more sophisticated and this humor is very sophisticated. Well, I get most of the movie references now, right? Like yeah, yeah. So I mean that's. Like I said, Pretty yeah, much it. yeah. I mean, when the movie's decent, there's not a whole lot to say about it, you know, because yeah. we can't we can't pick it apart as much when uh, as if when it's a bad movie. So, like, like this one. Besides the parody parts and the few scenes in which, like, Weird Al's like um, begging his buddy to bash his head in with a crowbar and stuff, mm-hmm. and where he has like those like violently loud outbursts. Yeah. Um, he's actually like pretty subdued in this movie. Yeah. Like it's Michael Richards that's you know, he steals the show with his like yeah. <laughs> sling blade type character, yeah. you know, <laughs> like spastic pratfalls and whatnot, yeah. Oh, and that one other question. When they have him hostage at the channel eight, yes. Why is there like 500 empty boxes, cardboard boxes that just say channel eight on them, just kind of stacked in the middle there. It's so he can power swipe when he gets his broom back and they go, can go flying into like, those boxes. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's just a yeah. question. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a good question. It was worthy. It was worthy of being asked. Well, you know, yeah. So yeah, overall, I it's weird Al man. He's he's a he's a different kind of comedian, but he's a good comedian nonetheless. Yes. So, so that being said, that wraps up the movie review segment of this podcast. So, um, we kind of eleventh houred the top five again. Mm-hmm. And basically, because this movie is from 1989, yes. our top five list today will be our top movies from 1989. Yeah, wow. It's just a coincidence that we yeah. got that year. One, two, three, four, five. Top five. Yeah, any given day, these top five could switch. Uh, actually, you know what? Uh, I think uh, mine is in order. Yeah. That mine is too. We'll say that. 
I didn't really have any honorable mentions. So. No, I've got a, I've got a few. So we'll see. But maybe if, maybe one. So. Yeah, we'll see if you mention them, and then I'll. If you don't mention them, then I will. So. So uh, I'll just start here. Uh, my number, that. my number five is Pet Cemetery. Okay. Um, this is still one of the creepiest movies, you know that I hold in high regard. Um, there's just elements to this movie that are cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they involve a scalpel. That that is one of them. Yeah. Um, when the sister, she's having like that flashback, and the sister comes at her, Zelda. Right. That's yeah. that's another one. Um, and uh, what's his name? Fred Gwynn. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's uh he's scary enough on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, I think it's probably my favorite true to book Stephen King adaptation. Right. Because um, they didn't really change too much up. the The remake that came out last year is terrible. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, my number five is Pet Cemetery. Okay, um, mine is uh, Field of Dreams. Okay, um, I'm a sucker for sports movies and feel good movies, and that this one certainly is both of those. Um, not so much to say, but I mean, I think most people know the story, and uh, you know, I think Kevin Costner is an underrated actor, he gets some flack sometimes, I think mostly that stem from Waterworld. Which and the postman I, and the postman, but <laughs> I I fucking love Waterworld. Yeah, wa- Waterworld is awesome. Yeah, and um, but yeah, no, I I enjoyed Field of Dreams. Like he's good, and uh, Ray Liotta and um, James Earl Jones. Yeah, it's, yep. it's it's just a and the just the last five seconds of the movie or whatever last twenty five last line of the movie just gets me every single time. So. Yeah, just uh, ask you, you want to play catch, Dad, and it's like fuck. It's like yeah, I, I lose it. But yeah, so no, it's, do you cry? I cry. I cry. I cry, Terry. Mm. I cry. I so cry, if Terry. I want to make you cry, just ask you to play catch. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I guess that leads me to my my number four. Mm-hmm. Um. I think my three and four are interchangeable, but I'll just put this one at four. Uh, Bill Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Like, as far as comedies go, it's very original. Yeah. Um, Like, it put put Keanu Reeves on the map. Um, Mm -hmm. It's got uh, George Carlin. Yep. You know. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack, Wild Stallions. Yeah. Um, sorry, Stallions, but it looks like Stallions. Yes. Um, yeah, like I said, you got George Carlin as Rufus. You got Napoleon, Billy the Kid, Socrates. Yes, Socrates. Genghis Khan. Um, and Go the, se- the, the scenes with Napoleon. Yes. Like when he's like out with the kids and stuff, like a ziggy piggy and, and bowling and the, oh, he, and the wa- water slides. Yeah. He finishes off that ice cream. Like, yes. just, 
Yeah, no, I love that movie. Yeah, it's it was one of it would be one of my honorable mentions, but yeah, it's I know, uh, and and the special effects still hold up. Like it's the whole time travel stuff and the opening credits. I don't know why the opening credits wow me still with all the the cylinders and all that stuff coming yeah. down, matching up. Yeah, it's I don't know. Yeah, I I love it. I think it's great. Uh, always be excellent to yourselves. Yes, that's all I gotta say. And party on, dudes. Party on, dudes. Yes. And San Dimas High School football rules. Yep. <laughs> Missy. <laughs> so my number four is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. Um, it's just a fun movie. It's my second favorite to Raiders. Um, the chemistry between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery is, it's just so good. And it's good story, good action, and just like an old time type movie serial and it's just yeah it's it's just a lot of fun you can't go wrong when the uh the bad guys are nazis yes yeah no i i agree it's it's a good it's a good movie Mm -hmm. um so yeah i guess if you're done yeah i'm done yeah uh my number three is back to the future too Mm -hmm. like i know People always say, oh, Back to the Future 1. Back to the Future 1 is better than Back to the Future 2, but I think mm-hmm. Back to the Future 2 takes a lot of shit and abuse for no reason. Like, No, I think a lot of people just say Back to the Future 2 is just there to set up Back to the Future 3. Well, Back to the Future 2, like if you go through it and actually like take mental notes of the things that they are actually predicting for the future. It's like, yeah, the Cubs what did win the world series. It took a yeah. few years, but yeah, you know, um, and like when he's at the theater or in front of the theater and it says jaws 19, like yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It kind of predicts um, where sequels are going. Yeah. Sure. Sure. They leave uh what's her name in the future for a little too long. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a lot of like um especially when they go to the future and biffs like the evil warlord of the city and with the mutton chops yeah like there's yeah. a lot of like sketchy plot things in there but when they do go back to 1950s um cuz they got to get the almanac back yeah like i just like how it all plays in together mm-hmm. so yeah that's my number 3 and then, of course, seeing Michael J. Fox play his kids as well, like the daughter yeah. and the son and all that. That's, that's good stuff. Uh, my number three was a movie I mentioned probably two, three podcasts ago, and that's Major League. And so that came out in 89 and listened to past podcasts to say what I hear what I had to say about that. But endlessly funny, endlessly quotable, well cast, just great. Another sports movie that I love. Well, I might as well uh, tie in my number two here because it happens to be Major League. <gasps> it's uh, it's probably not only one of my favorite comedies, but it's also probably my favorite sports movie. Yeah. Um, like, there's so much acting talent in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody really, really overshadows anybody. Everybody's got their moments. Yeah. And it's like, 
the Cleveland Indians were, you know, they couldn't have picked a better team to model this movie around mm-hmm. because the Indians hadn't done shit yeah. in baseball for 50 years. Right. Yes. So, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, one of the best. Yeah. My number two is uh glory. Um, or it's about the civil wars first all black volunteer company. Um, is this the, that's one with Denzel, right? That's the one with Denzel. It's just yeah. a harrowing tale, just great direction, great cinematography. The action sequences are really well done, but it's just the acting is just top notch. I mean, Matthew Broderick's the lead, Denzel won an Oscar for, for the, his performance, and he's just breathtaking. Morgan Freeman is in it, and it was the first feature film for. Andre Brower, who's like one of my favorite actors because of, you know, mostly because of his work Homicide. in Hom- Homicide, Life on mm-hmm. the Street. And then it's just been solidified with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Guy's He's just awesome. A, just a fantastic actor. And yeah, Glory Chief. is, yeah. And Glory is just, yeah, it's a, it's a breathtaking movie. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Is it truly quite breathtaking? It is truly quite breathtaking. And uh, I have never. I'm gonna admit I've never seen it, but I'm yeah. gonna watch it. Yeah, it's it's well worth a watch. Uh, you can probably guess my number one movie. Um, let me let me say Batman. 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 Like I absolutely fell in love with this movie. Um, like I was 13 when this came out, and uh, I think this is when I f- truly fell in love with movies i think was this summer because of batman Mm. um like i know there's been a few better batman movies come out but like this is like a true comic book like on screen Mm -hmm. like the art the art is very comic book style um the acting is like jack nicholson's joker is you know yeah He's not, he's not the craziest. No, but he's a true criminal. Like that's yeah. you know, um, Michael Keaton's awesome as Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's f- like this is probably maybe one of Tim Burton's most normal movies. You know what I mean? I yeah, like not so fantastical. Yeah, because it's. It's one of the few, well, as you know, I was going to say it's one of the few where he's developing the film from a source, but now he's done that a few times, but. Uh, you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sure, sure, it's Batman, but it's like. But it still has. Edward his, Scissorhands. You yeah. Know what I mean? But it still has that gothic feel. Oh, yeah. Right? So. Like, I think with Batman Returns, he took it in a Tim Burton direction. Yeah. But it's, that's still a great movie. But like uh, the 89 Batman. I had the shirts, I had the toys, like I just loved it. So Okay. So my number one is uh the Abyss. Nice. Um yeah, James Cameron underwater adventure, underwater drilling crew. Um it's just great special effects mm-hmm. that still hold up. That water creature still just looks seamless. Um 
the director's cut is even better. It totally fills out the story more, but what those aliens are, what they're doing there and why they're there and all about storm and more about the conspiracy about the, the Marines being down there in order to light, light the bomb off and all that stuff. And yeah, it's a, that's a, it's a, that's a great movie. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of like, uh, it reminds me a lot of alien. Yeah. You know, but it, underwater. Yeah. It, it, uh, it probably is still my favorite James Cameron movie, even more than like the, the first Terminators. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's definitely good. I like, um, I think my favorite James Cameron is the original Terminator. Yeah. Um, it's just gritty. Like it's, uh, it's almost like a horror movie, Mm -hmm. you know, mixed with a little sci with a sci-fi engine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's a good, good pick. Yeah. Um, did you have any honorable mentions or uh, pretty much just um, uh, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Right. Uh, Sean Connery added a whole new dimension. Yeah. A lot of comic the, relief. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for me, for me, I had a couple, I had lethal weapon two, which now it introduced Joe Pesci to the series. And that was just a great dynamic. Um, and Heather's, was another one that came out that year. I just watched that like last week. Yeah, it's it's a great, great. Was that for the first time you watched it? Or no, no, no. Okay, it's probably the first time I watched it since I had it on VHS, though. Yeah, but yeah, it's great dark comedy, like Christian Slater just doing his Jack Nicholson impression throughout the entire movie. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's it's great. And um, other one I had was uh, a John Woo film, uh, The Killer, um, with yeah. Chow Young Fat. That's yeah. It's just another early John Woo, and just great action. It's probably one of the first movies that brought him to the American audience. Yeah, North American audience. And yeah, so yeah, it's that's a great film. I'm just looking at the 1989 movies. There's so many good ones. Like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was on there too. Roadhouse. Yes, Roadhouse. Casualties of War. Yeah, Dead Poets. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah, Dead Poets Society. Christmas Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Parenthood. Uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 2. Which I just said if you were listening. but Were you? <laughs> yeah, did you? I, did. Oh. I did. That was my first honorable mention. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I could tell when I said it that it looked like you were engrossed in something else when i was talking yeah about i was i was just looking at movies in 1989 yeah. see my list i made for the for my website about a year ago okay so i didn't put any honorable mentions on there see my for whatever reason on my website i did a top five for a bunch of things for some reason 1989 wasn't even among them but even huh. i did almost every other year but 89 wasn't on there so yeah i had to work from scratch also in 89 Jason Takes Manhattan came out. Yes. Yes, the most solid of the Friday the 13th movies. Jason Takes Manhattan for about seven minutes of the whole movie. Yes. Jason, <laughs> take, Jason takes a guy's head off with an undercut. Yeah. Jason, Jason visits Manhattan for seven minutes and then turns back into a boy in the sewer. <laughs> Anyways. Yes. So. I, saw, I saw that 
at the drive-in with a double feature with Pet Cemetery. Oh, nice. I saw I, the I saw the abyss at a drive-in. Nice. We need another drive-in in this city. Yes, especially now. <clears throat> Since there's so many drive-ins opening up everywhere now because of COVID. So yeah. Yeah, I think uh yeah, maybe we'll save this for our own personal time. <laughs> we okay. won't waste. Okay. So yeah, that's our top movies of nineteen eighty-nine. Yep. If you uh hate or love, disagree, drop yeah. us a line at any one of our social media outposts. Yes. Um yeah, Flixmax has their website, Twitter, and Instagram. And I'm, I'm on a few different things too. Um, but just go to flixmax.com. That's where you can just find everything. Yeah, and you can recommend movies for us to watch or recommend top fives for us to do as well. You can basically do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want to us. Yes. We're listening. Just don't ask for a cat or I'll cry. Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> so I guess that's it for this, unless you got anything else. I don't think so. I think uh, I think um, it should wrap it up. All right. So this is one of the shortest ones. I think so. I think maybe the next movie we watch will have to be something ridiculous so we have something to talk about. <laughs> I think that's probably a, probably a good idea. Uh, so anyways, uh, everybody enjoy your week. We're all getting back to some normalcy in our lives, I think. Yep, some people, yep. All we need is a theater to reopen so we yes. can resume going on our dates. Yes, <laughs> our mandates. Our mandates. Our mandate uh, is to have a mandate. That's right. That's, a, that's on the list. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. Mm -hmm. So, for myself, Terry. And for me, Scott, uh, we'll see, see you. or You'll hear us next time. That's, that is right. Yes. <laughs> okay, toodles. Toodles.